Hello, OdaFest family. Podcasts are being recorded from home offices, and OdaFest is still planning community events, even if we can't be together physically. We hope you're staying indoors where it's safe and maybe working on your creative projects in the meantime. In the meantime, I'm Jay, that's Angelo, and we have a Nancy. Wow. Hello. There's three of us. Yes. All three of us. Never happened before. Um, happy Odafest week, post Odafest weekend, I guess. <laughs> How dare you? Sob, sob. How dare you mention this so freshly after it happened? How dare didn't. you? It still sort of happened in the way that you could still celebrate. We had some, we had some Pokemon events going on on our sh- uh, on the Twitch channel, and I'm sure people found a way to sort of maybe remember or celebrate in their own way. Uh, obviously, it can be a little tough right now. Uh, not being able to get together, not being able to see people physically. Um, but it's just how it is right now, isn't it? But Did you guys better, see <laughs> better luck next really... year. <laughs> Did you guys see any uh, cool Twitch threads or anything? I know that uh, Pokemon League was definitely discussed a lot on Twitch. Um, but I saw a lot of Twitter threads on like Artist Alley. Mm-hmm. From all the artists that would have been at Odafest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I d- I tried not to follow it too much, to be honest, because like, it's sort of, it's the first time in over ten years that I haven't done something, sort of Odafest re- like, I say Odafest related. I mean like a big event related to Odafest. Uh, you know, I so tried to count how many years it had been, and I I couldn't. It was really hard for me to be like. That's been 15 years, but it has. Like, I have Odafest shirts dating back so far, and yeah. I've only missed one Odafest in recent memory, and that was because I had to be somewhere else for a wedding. And, like, extenuating circumstances, right? But mm-hmm. I think this still. was year, like, 12 or 13. I don't really remember anymore. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know how I'm going to count things from now on, because it's sort <laughs> of like... There's a hiccup. Well, there's a, we all like some of our uh, like we got, a few of the staff got together um, over the weekend digitally, and we sort of just made like mock a mock con where we were just like posting about <laughs> oh like hypothetical fires that we're putting out at a hypothetical Oda Fest, where you know like oh like we're run we ran out of uh, change at. Uh, at a vendor booth, or like, uh, We're out of hand someone got st- yeah, or someone got stuck in a in the escalators and stuff like that. So, very small and cute little things, and that was kind of fun to see people sort of um, just pretend, come and it together. was really cute. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, hypo- complete with like a hypothetical closing ceremonies and and things like that as well. So that was kind of fun, but. It's sort of, I just, like, like we all, we came, we came to the conclusion that, like, this year doesn't count. Like, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be turning 30 this year, but no, we're staying 29. Uh, <laughs> Odafest is just going to be uh, Odafest 2020 next year as well. Like, that's the marketing. We're not changing any of the, the marketing materials that we would have prepared. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it really does feel like we've just lost a lot. In terms of um, 
what you what 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 we could have brought this year you know there's a lot of stagnation yeah but like so hypothetically if the con had happened this weekend uh how would you be right now how would your post-con hangover be we wouldn't be recording a podcast i'll tell you that much (laughs) <laughs> uh typically we report a, po- a podcast at yeah we usually record like last year it was with prosy d in in a panel with him mm-hmm. um and then we try to get that episode out pretty much as soon as possible yeah. uh just so we don't have to think about it <laughs> <laughs> it's true though like like production wise we're like oh let's just get this done like not in a bad way obviously we just have so much else like because obviously for when you're a con runner the con doesn't stop it doesn't begin and end because the con's on. It's before and after the con, right? So we still have things to put away, things to organize, and 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 you know, people to to see, and and all the all that kind of stuff. A lot of logistics work. So you try to put everything that you can. That's like, uh, in a manner of speaking, lower priority. You want to actually put that out faster if you can, because it'll just get shoved to the bottom of the line if you don't. Mhm. For sure. Angela, did you do um, anything over this weekend? I watched like 3 episodes of anime. 3 whole episodes? I don't know, something like that, give or take. What were you What'd watching? You watch? Uh, oh, actually now that I think about it, I watched uh the last 6 episodes of uh BNA. Uh that's that new Trigger Furry show. Right, I remember. Oh, yeah, it's actually yes. pretty good. The Oh, okay. Uh, what's like, the other what's the other like... uh furry show? Beast Stars? Beast Stars? Beast Stars, that's what it was. That I still haven't seen. Right. I watched the first couple of episodes of or sorry, maybe the just the first episode of Beast Stars. I think I saw a tweet from Angelo about that at some point and I just decided to stop. I feel really? like I'm 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 curious because like I kind of was hoping that you'd seen both. I just wondered which one was sort of better. But I understand that different shows, like they have different settings and things like that. So it's different not, tone. Yeah. Oh yeah. It just happens that we have anthro characters as the starring role. It's right? been a while since we've had like an anthro show, huh? Depends on what you count, maybe as anthro, and also maybe I don't know what's so what's so uh, mainstream. You know? Oh, okay. That's true. Yeah. Like I would say Angela that BNA is probably super mainstream in this in this scenario. Yeah. Well as far as BNA stars, goes, it's like uh I don't think it's going to outshine B Stars. B Stars actually has a ton of discussion around it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't care. Uh <laughs> <laughs> in hey, the case of uh in the case of BNA, mm-hmm. like it's a really cute show. The characters are really lovable. And I would say I would I would say it was a good show, yeah. But I wouldn't say it was a great show. Uh, at the very least, I'd like to commend Trigger for once in their lives making an anime that doesn't end up with all the characters going to space in the last episode and aliens spontaneously <laughs> being the bad guy. Uh, nice. So, spoiler alert: they never go to space. Spoiler alert: it's not aliens. Huh. That's a surprise. Yeah. Oh, B and A is. I mean, that's that's how they ruined Darling and the Franks. Yeah. So. Oh, 
spoilers, God. BNA is li- is licensed and distributed by Netflix in Japan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is entirely like a Netflix deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even sure if the last six episodes are out on American Netflix because, mm-hmm. like, they did the first six episodes were out all at once in Japan, and then they waited right. like a month before bringing them to. North American Netflix, and then these are available, and I don't think it's out here, and I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Licensing agreements, man. Not even yeah. once. I might check it out. I have been watching a few more shows. Well, I say a few more shows. Like I've I've watched a couple of other episodes of uh, Kaguya Hime or Kaguya-sama? Oh. I always forget. Kaguya-sama. Kaguya-sama. Yeah, Love is War. And I was like, that's okay, but I'm probably going to fuck off of that. Because if you remember last time I was talking about, like, we got heated about uh, uh, shitty romance anime tropes. tropes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I so I don't want to get back into that. Let's not rehash so let's not. that. But I want to get yes. I want to get back into a couple, like, just watching a few other shows. Just something for fun. I want to get into Digimon. Uh, just because Ooh, I saw one. it. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it looks really fun. And um, like, I don't know if it'll actually keep my interest, but it, it, I think it'll just be like a sort of nice nostalgic hit, and uh, the new animation looks really fresh, and just something fun to, to watch. I'd like to find something more deep, but um, I don't know. I just I, I think I'd have to dig deeper into sort of what anime is offering nowadays in order to find it, and I'm just afraid that it's not gonna really, I'm not going to find it. And it's just gonna be a very passing trend again for me. Like I'd like to find something deeper, but I just don't think it's gonna be that easy. Do you find that your attention span has gotten worse with like trying new shows? Uh, in the last couple seasons, for me, yes. But that's mostly just because nothing has really looked like what I want. See, I can't say it the same because I don't watch enough shows. Uh, if you can argue that I don't watch any shows at all, really, um, outside of the very few. And I would say my biggest issue is, and it has been this for the longest time, it's the reason why I don't watch shows now, is because when I was young, I watched so many shows and I binge them and I, I, I have gathered all the tropes in my mind. And like when an anime begins the downward spiral of falling into tropes to, I don't know, extend the... the 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 season to it's allotted twenty six episodes or something like that, um, it really just bores me and I and I just drop it and I used to be the kind of watcher that would watch everything I started and that probably has killed a lot of my desire to keep on watching anime in general or shows in general I I say anime a lot I don't watch a lot of shows I don't watch. Uh, like any uh, anything really on Netflix. The last things I've completed are Mandalorian and uh, Witcher, and that's and they are very short series, which is nice. I should probably pick up Castlevania because I did like that. Mm, Castlevania least. is good. Yeah, I um, I enjoyed the uh, for I I I enjoyed the other episodes far more than this recent series. Oh, Castlevania season, yeah. Like, let's see. Uh, Would you argue the first season was, like, the first eight episodes or whatever it was? Uh, Up until they defeated Dracula, basically. 
that I've only arc, seen the first season. That arc was way more fun than this second arc that they've oh. done, or second season. Uh, well, that's over. There's the always time, something like that. There's always, I feel like when you have like, we call it sequel seasons or second, third, whatever, there's always like a couple ups and downs, but a lot of it is usually the second season I find has to do setup for like the, the, the ultimate. That's what's uh, going on right now. Like that's, that's fine. That's excusable. This entire season, it was set up. They were establishing locations, Mm -hmm. characters. They were, they were doing things, uh, but. With the exception of the arc of of uh, Trevor and uh, Sifa, I think her name was, every moment of screen time that wasn't those two, I felt just was not enjoyable. What? In your in both of your opinions, understanding that like uh, animation as a medium, including like the storytelling and the art direction are of equal importance like when you're trying to put together the whole product how good does the story have to be in order for you to overlook the animation like the uh, the lack of quality of that animation i just realized are you talking i watched a different yes, thing this uh weekend <laughs> which directly ties into this okay oh yes okay go on so I would argue, to answer Jay's question, I would argue if the animation sucks, like if it is really close mm-hmm. to slideshow tier, mm-hmm. the story and characters have to be exceptionally compelling. And I'm right. talking uh, last two episodes of Evangelion compelling, because that's basically yeah, what was... we're talking about right now. That is, I mean, at that point... That would be a prime example of storytelling trumping, you know, suddenly we have no budget and now you just get paper sketches, I guess. Exactly. Right. Because, uh, like, you might as well read the manga at that point, Evangelion right? is a kind of a special po- special case. So let's yes. move the slider a little bit back. Uh, let's go with Kimono Friends. Don't know the, that one. I think I know the name. The art style was janky as hell it was kind of shitty 3d cg to be Mm. honest Mm. but all the characters were really great and compelling in that sort of slice of life way that you could it's a shitty moe anime it's an anthro moe anime it is (laughs) season two is garbage for multiple reasons Uh uh-huh so that's that there's a pike and on the opposite end of the scale when the storytelling takes a back seat to the animation uh-huh uh so there's a cartoon network cartoon uh by gandy tatarovsky or whatever his name is the same guy behind samurai jack right okay uh called primal mm-hmm. and so the first the story of the first episode is dinosaurs eat caveman's babies caveman okay. gets angry and go fights dinosaurs right uh-huh. There's not even dialogue. There's no spoken words other than like grunts or things. That's fine. Hmm. The animation, you're, it's like 22 minutes of Sakuga. I don't know what okay. Sakuga is. Sakuga is like those bursts of animation that make like, when you watch an anime and you're like, ah, that's where they spent the budget. 
Oh. When you watch Kaguya-sama <laughs> and see the ending of episode three or whatever it is, she sure. just dancing around completely rotoscoped. Right, and like, right, yeah. Like, like the burst yes. of animation that make you be like, yes, this the qu- quality. is the art form. The quality, yes. Uh, and so, like, if you've watched Samurai Jack, you kind of know what to expect from, like, the cinematography and everything else of uh, sure, yeah. what Gendy Todorovsky as a director would do. Uh. And so Primal, there's, I believe, six episodes of it currently, and it's just, it has so many problems, <laughs> <laughs> but it looks so good doing it so that I don't care. <laughs> like, for example, this is the one, this, this is the biggest gripe that right. I have throughout the whole six episodes that I watched. Uh <laughs> There is no consistent scale, like for size, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you're Ooh. trying to gauge how big our caveman dude is, how big his dinosaur friend is, how big the enemies are, the answer what? is they are as big as the scene needs them to be or as small <laughs> as the scene needs them to be. There's something I watched recently that w- complained about that. It had to do with like the size of the characters and like the there was like a railway. I don't know. There was like that was a big thing anyway. I, like scaling yeah. was such a problem. I thought it was hilarious. Now Nancy, mm-hmm. wait, hold multiple on. times to me that yeah. took me out of the experience because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. My caveman bro was just fighting these giant Batmen, mano imano, and now you expect me. To believe that two of these could pick up his dinosaur bro and fly with them. Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, okay. so that's, that, that's just suspension of disbelief. But I was gonna say that sounds hilarious a little bit there. Uh, I'm sure Nancy has a thought on the original question, which I would love for that. But there's also like I, I want you to say uh, speak that part first. But I do have like a major question for you after. Okay, hang on to that. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty picky as a person in general. I can give a couple of examples where both visuals and story were stunning, like Mm -hmm. Violet Evergarden. It was visually beautiful. Just there wasn't a single frame in the entire show that I didn't love. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you get things like the Dragon Prince and the Dragon Prince has, from what I can tell, pretty good storytelling, pretty good world building. But that first season, they did something that I really hated and it bugged me the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that was something where they dropped the frame rate on purpose to make it feel more like hand-drawn animation. But Mm, it was very clearly a 3D, like, style because, like, the... So the thing is, is that they only dropped the frames for animating motion for the characters, but they didn't do it for when the camera was panning. So you'd get smooth camera panning across a scene, but then the characters were moving janky. So, okay. I have a different question about that right now, then. What do you you think of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Okay, so that was actually stylistically beautiful. Yes. They they really ran with that style, like the comic book look and feel. Yes. Where like you just sort of get snapshots of like Miles running in in the night yes. and like you get little thought bubbles coming out of him. I liked that a lot. But talking about the frame rate dropping, they did that on purpose to create yeah, they, an idea they, that like 
Miles is like a very inexperienced and clumsy Spider-Man. And every time, but mm-hmm. whenever you saw Peter Parker, he was animated. I think he, I, 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 I don't remember actually. The name I actually like didn't notice FPS. that. Yeah, he had, he, uh, he was actually at speed and he looked very smooth. Whereas like, and there were uh, times where like, for instance, when they're leaving Octavia's lab, you can see that there's yeah. a difference at the beginning, but at the end, where uh, closer to the end rather, where mm-hmm. um, they're swinging together through the trees, and he's he's getting the idea of it. They start matching mm-hmm. their frame rate, and it's actually like yeah. a like their individual character frame rate. I mean, and right. Like, uh, so, but to me, that is that's a choice. Stylistic. That's a commitment, yeah. though. Like they did it for a reason. For for Dragon Prince, it was a consistent choice throughout the entire production of the first season, right. and it just it just really throws you off because it doesn't match up with the backgrounds at all, and it doesn't match up with the fact that like when you're doing CGI anyway, you may as well just not drop the frame rate. Like right. it just it contributed to making it a lot jankier, considering how clean everything else was. What if they and- were like posing the models? Manu- I can't imagine why they would do this. <laughs> that would be terrible. But like posing the models awful. frame by frame and then not... they So they literally didn't have the interpolation between frames to do it. Mm. What if it was instead of stylistic choice, what if it was like incompetence? Well, that's so, a different problem the, entirely. <laughs> yeah. So to the other end of the scale, I remember trying out some anime series that were i heard pretty good i think there was one about ping pong oh yes and the the style of that was just like super out there yes and it just literally called ping pong yeah i think it was literally called ping pong it just the style did not allow me to continue that's fair i know exactly what you're talking about and that uh director has a couple different things it is an art style off the top of my head there's a kimono zume uh and there's something more recent too. Isaacin. That's right, Isaacin. Uh so I would say that it is visual love it or style hate. probably contributes quite a bit to my ability to stick with the show. That's fair. Um, there All are right. obviously a lot of things I can forgive as long as it's just consistent. Okay. So here's here's the question that I wanted to ask based off of what Angelo's answer was first. As some okay. and it's not specifically directed to this whole uh it's not directly linked to the whole animation thing. But if you have an anime or a show where it's animated in general, where the art is amazing, but there's virtual, there's virtually no voice acting in it whatsoever for storytelling purposes, how do you feel about that as someone who is a voice actor? I can absolutely appreciate that someone has told a cohesive and beautiful story through animation and through just like um, the Foley noises. Right. But in this idea, it's not really, uh, so like we've all seen like beautiful animations where there's no sound, Mm -hmm. but I think there's something to be said where there could be sound, but they've reduced it to grunts and like, like it's, it's, they've reduced it to a primitive form of a voice, uh, uh, communication but they're not exactly eradicating it and i think it's sort of like it's primitive and sort of uh it must save so much money on localization (laughs) costs 
It certainly does. <laughs> um, so there's there's a couple ways I can take that question. First of all, is that you have this this really fleshed out thing that you want to animate, and you need to add sound to it to make to fill in for that sense, right? The the sense of sound, and reducing all dialogue down to just really simplistic noises is something they've done in older video games for a long time, but video games have the advantage of having text bubbles for speech, Mm -hmm. and people are expected to read those at whatever speed they want. Mm -hmm. So in this case, if we're talking about an animated, like a show that's maybe, I don't know, six episodes, whatever, but they're telling like a story throughout these many episodes, and they've purposefully left it at just grunts and like noises or exclamations or whatever... I would be really interested to know what kind of story they think they can tell with just that. Mm. It's hard. It's a really hard thing to do. At one um, point, I, uh, yeah, sorry. I would it. like yes, to say on. they did very well with Wally doing that. Yes. But honestly, all the exposition was spoken. So right. I don't think it counts. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> the there's actual a lot of, storytelling like, recorded is being human told. bits. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. You get the characters. The, the expressiveness. But you don't get the, the story exactly. without the dialogue. Right. Uh, yeah. To answer even my but... own question, like, the whole reason why I asked this was, like, I have... So one of my favorite shows from a long time ago, and I don't think a lot of people really watched or know of it, it's called Saikano, uh, which is short for Saishuhaki Kanojo. Um, it's a... It, translates to like my girlfriend the ultimate weapon oh i remember that show i hated it the story i think is fairly compelling because i like those kind of stories it's like the it's it's it's, the package is you have a budding high school romance except the girl is actually part of a war program and she has been turned into the ultimate war weapon and it but it's not cute it's not moe it's not um, it's not fantasy in the way that it's like shiny and polished. It's she goes out there and she ends battles because of how powerful she is and the modifications they've made to her body doing so. And you don't necessarily, it doesn't even focus on how like amazingly modified, like you see her modifications, but they don't go into this whole thing about like, she's, she's like, beautiful in the way that she creates death no she is just a death machine and when she's done being a death machine she just wants to spend time with her boyfriend damn i love that sort of dichotomy there at the Mm. same time one of the worst animation styles i have ever seen and it made me want to go to sleep because i had to watch it that was my problem with it like the art style looked good the actual animating was bad. Mm-hmm. And on Ooh. top of that, the story, like, it's a six episodes or something, isn't it? It's really it's short. It's fairly short. I think it's a 13. I think it's a 13. And despite being way. really short, I was so bored by yes. the end of the first episode that I just couldn't continue. And, and this was at a point even where, tough. where I was, like, a huge proponent of the three-episode rule. This yes. was one of the first anime that made me question that rule. Wow. It's it's the story if you are into that genre like I am is very compelling. But holy shit. 
did I want to fall asleep while watching that show? Yeah. And it's literally like it's a, it's a standard 22 like minute episode yes. style and it really is only like I don't know like up to 13 episodes. It's not more than that. Like a, like but it felt so long and I I remember it so clearly even like 10 years later after watching it. I remember complaining about this years ago that it's like uh, the synopsis, the story synopsis, what it's supposed to be about, everything about it ticks every single box of what I like. And the the actual art style of it does look really good. It's a compelling art style. And then you start watching it and it's just slow and boring. You know what doesn't help? Ah, it's a chore. It doesn't help that that show was animated, not just animated, but like the st- the, the the art direction. They took a very like pastel uh, overtone to it. Like, oh yeah, it was a very mm. pastel palette to it. Yes, but I I didn't mind that. I liked that. No, it, but it doesn't I, help. It doesn't help like it. Something I'd mind either. Like like generally, that's an okay thing. But I think the the complete package of what they gave you was really. It could, it really would dissuade you from wanting to watch it, and I would love it if I could get a remake of that. But oh, it's thirteen episodes, by the way. I just looked it up. Okay, it is. It felt so, like yeah, it felt no. like like forever. It really did. So, like, oh, Ooh, oh. speaking speaking of things taking forever. Yeah, I read on the weekend that uh, Ghibli's new film. I say Ghibli is currently. Hmm. I say Ghibli. Oh, do you? Yeah. Is it Ghibli? Does, sure is it? Is there an official Ghibli. thing? Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. It's Ghibli. If you actually read the Japanese katakana for it, it's Ghibli. Oh, that's... A, I guess I've never really looked at that. I'm going to look at... To see if they Most people don't, came. right? Like, you look at the English name for it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the... Our, the beloved animator, creator of many, many, many Ghibli films. His next film is... Has a a team of 60 animators and they complete about a minute of animation per month. Wow. Month? Um, Yes, per month. They've been working on it for three years, so they have 36 whole minutes of animation at this moment. That's terrifying. And can you imagine the the amount... Right there. Okay. (laughs) Can you imagine just the amount of things they must be animating Mm -hmm. right now? To make a minute a month for 60 animators. In comparison, they had, I think, six or eight animators for Totoro. And Totoro was done in eight months. Jesus Christ, they must have killed themselves to do that. And I, yeah, like I, that was a beautifully animated film, even now looking back at it. So, sorry to completely derail it. I just wanted to mention that because it was something cool that I read this weekend. No, it absolutely is. I. What if they're just taking their time? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Like, like what if what, they're like, you know what? Time. Crunch sucks. Let's take <laughs> our time and see if we can make a profit doing it. Well, I don't think that's what's happening. I mean, animators don't have an easy job. No. So it'd be kind of nice if there was a team of animators that were able to take their time and put out a quality product that they could be proud of and not feel like they were pushing themselves to death to get a movie done. I would love if that could happen. I'm reading an 
an article about the pronunciation of Studio uh, Ghibli. <laughs> okay. But it's supposed to be Ghibli. Is it is. Yeah. That's the katakana is clearly Ghibli. Yeah. But uh, who knows? Maybe it's but, just a limitation of katakana. There's, or... there's, there's a bit that I'm reading right now. It says, the name Ghibli comes from an Arabic word meaning hot air blowing from the Sahara Desert, blah, 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 blah. It would seem, however, oh. that Miyazaki either mistook or deliberately corrupted the pronunciation of uh, Ghibli, which is meant to have a G sound as in gift, rather than a J sound oh, as in giraffe. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. That's, I was going off of the actual katakana for... Which is totally Ghibli. fair. Uh, I haven't actually confirmed it. I'm reading an article about it. Which, it's Sora News, so like they're pretty good about stuff. I just don't know so, if okay. there's any like I I can't find an official like pronunciation key for it. But speaking okay. really quickly before you say anything uh, about the animation crunch thing, the current mm-hmm. studio Ghibli seems like a nice place to work. For example, every Saturday is massage day where tired animators are treated to rub downs as long as needed. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, I'm gonna need a rub down to uh, next Saturday, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also, but Hello? I mean. <laughs> I don't know if that, like that, that's that's pretty nice even by like Western standards, but there's also there's always that thing where like the Japanese working expectation is insane. Exactly. The, the, the oh, dude, they'll be expecting them to be pushing out keyframes while they're getting rubbed down. Right. Right. Okay. So on the uh, hard G versus soft G or like J, I guess pronunciation mm-hmm. for words like G. Um, on the flip side. I will say that they romanized energy very oddly. I have heard it several times in many anime series where they called energy. Yeah, energy. But I think that's I think that's so, just a pronunciation issue where they're like obviously they can say G. G is part of their pronunciation key in the Japanese is. language. I think it's just it sort is. of like a uh sort of uh an English education issue. Like how I uh, would love if a linguist came in and told us about this because that does seem kind of funny that they 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 went the other way with something like jibri, yeah. but for the word energy they went the other well, way. Well, I wanted Sorry. to point out really quickly that like um, I'm sure you have like you as I do have uh, uh, relatives that are. Uh, where Chinese is their first language and then English is their second and they've learned English maybe through like a school system or something and the way they pronounce Z or Z is really different they always pronounce it as EZ yeah like EZ they always say it like EZ yeah yeah, EZ when they mean to say Uh Z or Z when it's funny because in Chinese language we have Z sounds like we have Z like Z like that kind of sound, so I find it weird that they in Mandarin, yeah, or in Canto, in, in either, like the last name Zhang, is pronounced, oh, is the, yeah, right. But it's they go softer, for like this this very though. pronounced Z by calling it EZ, and I don't know, I actually don't know where that comes from. It's like a pet peeve, but I don't correct it like it because it's not it's, it's not yeah, their fault. It's it's can't. literally no. it's a consistency that I've noticed. So it must be in the education system. Right. I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Um, on on that note of EZ, there's also the way they say E, the letter E. It starts off for us usually with like a hard like delineation. It's E. Mm-hmm. 
But for a lot of family that I have heard, they pronounce it ye with like a Y at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, uh, it's a linguistics thing. It's just how they were taught to pronounce this. It's probably easier for them it's to pronounce it. It's probably easier to start reason. it that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. there's like other uh, things in the language that make it make more sense to make it to, to make it sound that way. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, in and all like, fairness. Do you have any non, non-English speaking family that, you know, you've also noticed patterns of this sort of uh, pronunciation, I guess? He looks like he wants to say no. <laughs> He's thinking. Yeah. I, I he must be repeat thinking. Repeat the question. I don't think I heard it properly. Do you have any non-English speaking family who, when they do speak English, have these oh, kinds of patterns no. learnt? No. no. The closest mm-hmm. thing I would have to English, non-English speaking family would be my grandmother's, one speaking Italian, one in French. Mm. But even then, I was never close enough with them to, mm. to know. I will say that, like, in my own uh, admittance, you know, not to pick on anyone else, I can't fucking speak Mandarin for shit because I can't wrap my mouth around the pronunciation and the tonal. The rolled R's? Yeah, like, like it's it's very difficult for me. Well, I say difficult as in, like, I haven't studied it classically anyways, but... Bro, you and I are tough. in the same boat. It's tough as shit. You and I are in the same boat. I can't do Mandarin. I... I find uh, it very yeah. difficult to focus on learning yeah. Mandarin. I can, it doesn't click for me. I can listen to it okay-ish. I can't do that either. But oh. like, I, when I say okay-ish, I mean like 20%. <laughs> like very casual conversation I can listen to. Like but maybe 10% for me, yeah. I could maybe make out some words. But like seriously, speaking it is just Mm-mm. like if I have a personal hell when I die and I have a personal hell that I have to go to, it's going to be in Mandarin and they're going to try and teach me to speak it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that no. Be. That's well, okay. So you and I are definitely in the same boat. I've tried learning it in Chinese school. I've tried watching like Mandarin mm-hmm. on television. I just, I can't, it doesn't click for me. For many of my friends who know both Cantonese and Mandarin, they're just like, oh, yeah, it's just like changing an accent. And I'm like, I wish it was that easy for me because I don't click. I don't grok it. Yeah. To be fair, some accents in the same language are really weird. Right? Like you have mm-hmm. like I, I've always thought about it. Like if you've learned if you learn English as a second language, how hard is mm-hmm. it for you to differentiate between all the accents that we have in English? You have southern dialects like southern U.S. dialects. You have uh, uh, Boston dialects. dialects. Yeah, you have UK dialects. The UK dialects, dialects. Are where it gets weird. You have uh, Australian, New Zealand, but you also have like um, um, African dialects of, of English as well. True. And, like jo- uh, Johannesburg, Jamaican, Jamaican dialects. Jamaican and stuff. Oh. There's a lot of stuff. Like, can someone who's learning ESL, uh, like, hear, like, you know, Jamaican English very well? I'm I really don't know. curious oh. about that. No. I am very curious. Because, like, no. I have, I, I can trust that I have issues with that. And I have issues with British English every now and then as well. When, uh, I've watched a lot of British shows, and it takes a lot of time to sort of absorb. Yo's grandparents will speak to me, and they're very friendly. Yeah. And I love them. And I can only understand about half of what they say. I, I've had a family, like, out in Newfoundland before, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes listening to like the grandfather of the family speaking in a 
very strong Newfie accent is hard. Mm. You have to really, really put in the effort to just like listen. Like you're concentrating so hard. I well, like... can't imagine what that's like. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah. Like it's it's like if you took the Irish accent and you made it forty times more sideways. <laughs> Newfie accents are weird. Uh, but for example, <laughs> when it comes to like rural UK accents, you can be traveling yes. like. 10 miles from one place and the True. accent changes completely. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. the sauce. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Yeah, Worcestershire. You're Worcestershire. Wrong. Worcestershire. Wrong. Worcestershire. Wrong. Closer. Wrong. Worcester. 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 I knew that one, but Worcestershire. I know, but like, it's so bullshit. London, it's so bullshit. Worcestershire, Sirecher. For higher. I've always loved sauce. that word. Thank you. Yeah. As a total aside, I love Worcestershire. I love oh, that. Oh, shit's sauce. great. I used to like it a lot, but I, I actually use it less. One of my favorite condiments that I know that not a lot of people use, except. Wait a minute. You guys don't use Worcester as a condiment. You, you use it as like an additive, like an ingredient, right? Oh no! You, you can, can use, use it, it as, as an actual condiment, like on on. You stuff. can add it to something after, as well as while sure. you're. You guys are insane. No, no, we're not. <laughs> There's no reason. It's already fermented. It's great. Yeah. Okay. It's honestly, you know what, uh, Worcestershire sauce. Okay, is what to me, what would you put? Hold on, on hold it. on. Let, let me. Steak. Yeah, you, you put, put it on steak. Bad steak. After you finish cooking it, you can put a couple of drops on steak. Okay. Yeah. But I totally do. I also marinate steak in it anyway. But marinating yeah. it is, yeah, that's. I don't, I don't, I don't marinate it in it because I think it's like overpowering. Using it as like part of a marinade or adding it to like a soup but or a stir fry. To me, or like... Worcestershire sauce is nothing more than like a a British version of like fish sauce for for Asians. It's it's fermented onions and stuff. Yeah, that's well, what it's it is. Fermented onions and fish and some other stuff. Um, yeah, basically, yeah. But, but it's the British version of what we would do with like fish sauce. Yeah. Going back to the condiment mm-hmm. thing, though, um, yes, one of my favorite sauces that I don't think I've ever seen it in anyone else's fridge ever, other than my own family, is I have mm. this like mint sauce that's like essentially chopped mint leaves and some other ingredient in like a, it's a very watery condiment. Like, a, it's, sorry, I say condiment. Um, I don't think you cook with it, but I'm sure some people could. I just never met anyone else who ever has it. But this lamb, or it goes with lamb, and it goes. With oh, you're just meats. talking about mint jelly. But it's not mint jelly. That's the it's thing. I've mint had jelly. mint jelly, but I'm telling you, this is water. I want this, and it comes in Are a bottle sure that's like this. watery mint jelly. No, not not the same. Not remotely. The I don't same. know what it is either, but I want it. I would love to. I would, exactly I would love to have you try lamb. it sometime because it goes really well with red meat, especially oh. lamb. If you like lamb and something yes. a little like That's stronger gamer, it cuts through it really yeah. nicely, but it's not overpowering. Mm. Okay. And I don't. Oh, and, okay. I don't and I Here's... I don't see as much like mint jelly. I've had it. I don't. I just. I maybe it's because I was. Uh, I grew up with this other sauce. But I also think that like it's not it's not appealing to have jelly on your on your nice plate. You know yeah. what I mean? So eh. I don't um, keep mint jelly. <laughs> condiment that condiment that is always made fresh, or at least usually made fresh, uh, that I never see anywhere other than Asian cuisine 
is um jay you'll know this but you know when you ever you the pressure have, is on like, chicken <laughs> okay chicken when it's been steamed yes they always give you the green onion ginger. and ginger that's yes. just chopped up with garlic in oil yes and you just slather it all over the chicken why do we only use it for that i don't know but it's delicious i use it on everything i mean i've never used it for anything else that's the thing but uh, i also don't have it at home i'm using it for everything apparently i mean it's not hard to make actually what something that i was gonna make uh Condiment wise, was I'm gonna. I was thinking of making my own chili oil soon. Ooh, Ooh yeah, nice. chili yeah, like garlic, great. garlic chili oil. Oh, yeah. Don't use olive oil. No, no. You okay. want to use no. a neutral oil, uh, yes. more like a canola or a vegetable oil. That's again just not like an olive. I think you can use grapeseed potentially as well. Yes, grapeseed or avocado oil work really does well. Does the does the taste of the olive oil just overpower it? Or? No. No, olive oil tends to go rancid yes. over time very, very quickly, oh, okay. and it does not handle high heat at all. No, yeah. Uh, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil is one of the most, like, it tends to denature under heat, like, some of the best. It's actually a myth that no. extra it, it ir- virgin olive oil, it actually handles heat very well. But there's better, but, but there's smokes, still though. better oils. But as far that. as it goes, like, once you get into, like, the lower grades of olive oil, then it's absolute trash. I think I would probably use a canola or a, uh, oh, there's like a exploding motorcycle outside. Uh, there is canola or corn oil. I'd probably use some kind of corn based thing. Yeah, corn oil would work really well. Yeah. Okay. It'd be Ooh, cool. So corn is in season or something because we had some the other day and it was oh, delicious. Bayfar bought uh, blackberries and they were amazing. Nice. Oh, oh things are in berries. season. It's so good. Yes. If you love food and you so love produce, good. it's like spring into summer and then eventually not fall. anymore. Yeah, like there are things that are um, in season in winter, like asparagus is technically a winter thing, early Vegetable. winter. Vegetable. But like, when you get something in season, it makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had watermelon the other day, and it's not watermelon season yet. It's not in season yet. No. But I wanted it, because it was only $4. It was $4 for a whole melon. And I was like, I just want it. So I bought it. And it wasn't bad. It just was like, it was like 75% of what an awesome summer melon would be like. I particularly miss watermelons from japan there's something different about the way their watermelon tastes it's really really good it's like if you took a regular watermelon here it's like they somehow crossed it between like a real watermelon taste and like how fake watermelon candies taste and they crossed it into an actual watermelon but i had an argument with a japanese friend about this oh no what were you arguing so, about? So uh, I have this friend. Uh, she came over from Japan uh, on a work visa, on like a on like a working vacation visa. She was just like mm. you know spending time like so like she likes traveling to English speaking countries like uh, like Australia and uh, Canada and the U.S. and all that kind of stuff. Um, just the, it, it's like a life experience thing for her, as well as um, she gets to work on her English and you know gets to be with people. It's it's really cool. She's really chill, but. I was arguing with her about how Japanese uh, 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 horticulture and agriculture d- 
deals with fruits in general. And watermelon came up specifically, but also things like apples and stuff. And the thing is, you're probably not wrong, Nancy. And she makes the same point that the fruits in Japan are sweeter. And they're sort of more plump and they're sort of more like desirable in a way. Because they they focus on like this quality idea. In return, and it's not a bad thing. They're more expensive, less accessible, Much more expensive. and they have fewer varieties. If you go to a grocery store in Japan versus a grocery store in Calgary or Canada or anywhere in North America and probably the UK, even though I haven't been there, but I have a feeling it's sort of like a similar idea. You I can have. have so I can probably offer an opinion on. You can have yeah. like you you want to buy an apple. Here's ten varieties ten. of apple. You want to you yes. want an apple in Japan? Here's two, and they're prepackaged. So if you didn't want to buy less than six, too fucking bad. <laughs> Do you know why okay. that is, Jay? So because they straight I'm up guess they don't have to land do with to the grow. Lack of... I know. Yeah, that's what I, know. I was gonna say. I I get why they're. I understand that. Like a if they want basic it. bitch apples, they can just import them from Canada. <laughs> Except they don't. The funny, yeah. Because they, they don't, don't want basic bitch apples. And I, but like they, yeah, I just don't think anyone have should have to pay fifty dollars for a watermelon. I just don't. So on that note, when I was there, there were the the perfect strawberries so you know the one oh, perfectly shaped, all of them <laughs> they're, they're perfectly shaped every single yeah, one i get of it them it's, the, it's like the kind identical. of stuff that you'd want to buy if you're buying someone like uh chocolate dipped strawberries a gift. and that kind of yeah, like if like, you're buying someone a nice gift. strawberries i get it i get it so one of these so you you have a choice you can either buy a single strawberry six of them or like 10 15 20 but like they're they're pre-packaged yes. in like those little styrofoam yes. sleeves to make sure they don't get bumped or bruised. wait every single strawberry is packed like that yes yeah. that would be the most yes. infuriating thing ever it is anyway packaging aside the pack of like five strawberries was 50 dollars. yeah ten dollars for a single strawberry now i'm gonna put myself out there and i'm gonna tell you that i bought my mom, chocolate strawberries for Mother's Day, this past Mother's Aww. Day. Uh, a box Aww. of 12 really nice strawberries, chocolate dipped with personalized like little messages on them. Aww. And it was 90 bucks, including the delivery. Oof. And I don't regret that. I mean, you that. personalized them. Yes. Yes. And they were probably fucking awesome. I don't know. I didn't get to see probably? my mom because pandemic. <laughs> I'm yeah. not buying a box of... Five regular fucking strawberries for fifty dollars. No one's gonna. But they're regular, perfect. They, do they have chocolate a perfect on them? Strawberry is worth maybe no, like seventy-five perfect. cents. <laughs> Angela's like that's. Like, that's I'm, I'm sort of in the same generous. boat. I'm like, like I would pay maybe, maybe five dollars for a like, perfect strawberry not ten dollars each 75 no cents you... is twice as much as i would spend on a chicken wing <laughs> to be fair i've only ever had oh my god it's not even a chicken wing that's like raw and uncooked it's something that you can buy as a whole product wow that ties in perfectly to last week's episode about that's, or the previous that's previous fucking episode. funny uh yeah, oh, man. you know, like, I just, 
like I get it. I was like mostly raised here and I have different expectations. But I just I believe that there's nothing so good that it should be widely inaccessible due to its price, such as produce. So I just the way it's been told to me slash explained is that those kinds of super perfect produce are, are intended to be gifts. Yes. So if you're buying someone like a romantic interest, a gift for White Day or something, and you buy them like this expensive ass box of five perfect strawberries, it's seen as a very serious attempt at expressing your feelings for them. You know, that sort of thing. Or like buying one of those perfect Japanese melons. But the problem one of those was fifty dollars too. Yeah, but the I problem again them. is that you can't you can't it's still hard to get the regular produce because when you have Why some couldn't they just buy me a steam card. <laughs> when you have when you have like the issue where like you don't have a lot of land and you're and you're growing for quality instead of quantity or variety in this matter, then you're just going to push as a farmer to ha get the best prices for your quality because you can't sell in weight, you can't sell in quality or quantity rather. So as a result, all the there is no low end price. You know what I mean? There's no mm -hmm. regular accessible. I, I know what you're getting like, at. We just bought those blackberries that were fucking awesome. They were like two fifty a box, which is great. Yep. So I I spent a lot of time buying groceries from like a super ultra discount place. Like this this was the grocery store you went into, and either of you two would be immensely uncomfortable because I I seriously think that you'd have a hard time fitting between the aisles. They have jam packed. The Are place. you talking about no frills and or like the no frills of no frills? Uh, like the Japanese version of a no frills, no frills. Oh, okay. It's, it's that, the place that, would that be you go to. If you're not a lowly get... or a shota, don't come shopping here. So I went there because that was the place that was selling off discounted produce uh -huh. because it was almost going bad. Yes, like, and it I was see, still I've seen, sellable. I see those. I've seen those as well. It's insane. You go in there and it's just like constant announcer yelling out sales on the speaker and music and stuff. But anyway, um, despite the fact that this was the no frills of no frills yes. in Japan in a shopping arcade that's very busy, mm -hmm. um, a package of three tomatoes was still over $10. Jesus, I would die. It was not... It was not a place where you go to buy produce to make your own meals. You go out to restaurants and they just yeah. make you something. I... Wait, what... Who would buy tomato? Three tomatoes, three dollars a tomato. Who would? Yeah. What? what the fuck is three dollars a tomato? Let's go back You're, to that wing analogy. That's almost gift. depending on where you go. Some wings are still twenty-five cent wings. <laughs> That's twelve That's wings. Thing, yeah. <laughs> like I don't buy wings. wings at a bar unless it's wings night, and I won't yeah, buy it's... wings unless they're like thirty-five cent, forty-five cent. At you can most. get ten wings instead of one tomato. <laughs> yeah. Which is super sad when you think about it that way, right? It, that's, bro, like that 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 hurts. That hurts, and I get it. Like I love quality too, but you, there are times for quality. No tomato is that good. That's the thing. Like there's times for quality. <laughs> no, it was, but generally I don't know. speaking, I didn't buy it. Generally speaking, I just want it so I can at least have it. You know. That's oh it. My God. That's fair. Also, when 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 that's fruit fair. when when produce is in season it's cheaper because they're all coming in at the same time and there's a big supply of them so it's 
it's, and they're gonna go bad yeah, really fast. It tastes better for less money. <laughs> That's Who great. Who want tomatoes as a gift? <laughs> <laughs> like you give someone a pack of like. Super I don't think they're being they're used like, as a gift. What are you thinking? But okay. <laughs> anyway. That's pretty good. I don't know. I I I have very strong opinions on it. I get the whole gifting thing, but like I said, I gifted my mom strawberries for less money than undecorated strawberries. I don't care who the fuck you are. <laughs> they were so. pretty fancy too, like dipped in chocolate, personalized with messages. Plus, you got them delivered. Hell yeah, I treat mama good. It could have been cheaper on delivery if I didn't buy them to be delivered on Mother's Day. But fuck that. I don't care. It was like $20 more. And I was like, screw it, man. You know. It's, it's important You got to take care her. of my mama. nice. Yeah. So. This seems like a pretty good spot to end off for the night. I guess so. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Take care got, of your mom. Don't your spend mom. too much on chicken wings. Yes. <laughs> uh, and definitely don't <laughs> compare everything in life with uh, the cost of chicken wings against it. <laughs> Yes. And tell me and at judge what point the value does, the, does the visual appeal of an anime series detracts from the ability to tell right. stories? When speaking per frame, it's more expensive than a chicken wing. Speaking of anime series, uh, we're gonna, we only have two episodes left in the season, so that's just a heads up for our viewers, uh, listeners, I guess. And we are going to be doing our summer anime preview right before... Uh, so that's going to be the next episode and then the last one for the season. And then we'll be back sometime in the summer. So look forward to that. And we look forward to pooping out another episode for you. Yeah. Oh boy. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Thanks everybody.